This is Father Kevin Hale with the homily for the 24th Sunday of the year, the 11th of September. Most of us will have heard or sung the hymn Amazing Grace at some point in our lives, perhaps even often. It's popular at weddings and funerals and other occasions alike. It's one of those hymns that everyone knows. It gets sung around 10 million times a year and has appeared on 11,000 albums. What most people who sing it don't know is the story behind it. The lyrics were written 200 years ago by a clergyman called John Newton, who was a former slave trader. It took him a long time to speak out against the evils of the slave trade, but he did have an influence on many other Christians, particularly William Wilberforce. On one expedition at sea during a storm, when he thought the ship might sink, he prayed for deliverance. And that experience began his conversion to Christ, resulting in him penning those now famous lyrics, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound. I once was lost, but now I'm found. These are sentiments that sit very comfortably with the Gospel of St. Luke which has often been called the Gospel of Mercy, and in particular with the parables of Jesus that are read this Sunday, specifically sheep and coins being lost and found. Often we can think that religion and spirituality is all to do with my quest for God, trying to find the path, my searching for God. And that's fine as far as it goes, but it's not the Bible. The Bible is about God's quest, God's search for us. Our quest is a pale reflection of God's unrelenting search for us. So the life of the Christian is all about letting ourselves be found by God. The parables are all about this craziness of God searching for us. Who are that sheep and the coin that goes missing Who would go to those risks or those lengths to find a single sheep or a single penny? It might seem like bad management to go running after one sheep or one small coin. Why would God fret over just one single soul when there are so many others? Wouldn't it be better to invest in all those others who are faithful and who never get lost? But that is what God does. If you are a parent of a family with a number of children and one of them is wandering away, you wouldn't say, don't worry about that one, I've got others, why bother? No parent would ever do that. So God, who is love, searches in this almost irrational way for the one who is lost. St Catherine of Siena had a lovely expression in her Italian that God is pazzo d'amore, he is crazy in love. So, God's sense of logic and justice turns everything we believe to be logical on its head. With God, we simply don't receive the behaviour we would expect from others. His logic towards us always responds with mercy and unmerited mercy, but then mercy wouldn't be mercy if it were deserved. The very essence of the Christian religion is that God has come into the world to reconcile the whole of creation to himself. And this act of making things at one with him continues through all the ages, 
including our own. And furthermore, this reconciliation or pardon which Christ brings is accessed in and through the church that Christ founded and with the sacramental means he established. This is why the church is constructed for sinners and why it doesn't exist for those who think that they are saints already. That is because it seems to me that if you're a saint, you're going to get to heaven regardless. But if you're a sinner, then it's probably a good idea to be a Catholic. Because within the church that Jesus founded, he gave us the divine means to receive his mercy on tap. The church asks us, Jesus asks us, to extend the merciful hand of God to those who have become like the lost sheep or the lost coin. It's estimated that there are around 4 million baptised Catholics in England and Wales who no longer or rarely attend Mass and the sacraments. The Church asks us to be Christ-like ambassadors to these souls, sharing the message of his unconditional, crazy love, his acceptance and pardon. Many of these souls will have passed through our Catholic education system, and our hope is that whatever seeds are sown in those formative years will bear fruit, even if it takes time. With that in mind, I've collaborated with our parish primary school in writing a pastoral letter to all involved with our school about the important part it plays in the life of the church. Every family with a child in our school will have received this letter, and I ask that you read it carefully and reflect on the points therein. Others of you may like to read it on the school and parish websites. If we are a parent, a grandparent, sibling, or friend of someone who no longer practices their faith, most likely we often feel sadness and anxiety for them. Many of us hold in our hearts at least one person in our family when we come to Mass who seems disconnected from the life of Christ and his Church. Any one of us might be the person with the right word, the right gentle invitation, the right quiet, non-judgmental response, which enables them to cross the threshold back into the life of the church, into the life of grace. Let's remember them at the Mass especially today. On the 15th of September, the church celebrates the Feast of Our Lady of Sorrows, reminding us that she was one of that very small group who did remain with Jesus to the bitter end. Standing by the cross, she understood the power of God's mercy and can therefore be for us the mother who points us to that wellspring of grace, which is the crazy love of the Father. Let us pray. Look upon us, O God, creator and ruler of all things, and that we may feel the working of your mercy. Grant that we may serve you with all our heart. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen.